Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Tara Slikinich, along with her spouse Dustin and their baby explorer Jay, who will be 15 months old soon, love to explore the trails, slopes, and the water around Alberta, especially around Edmonton where they live. They love to hike, bike, stand up paddleboard, kayak, camp, downhill ski, and cross country ski as a family. Living in Edmonton means they are four hours away from the mountains, so they have always loved road tripping, notably road tripping down the Oregon and California coast in a rooftop tent for their honeymoon. Now they are making their road trips more exciting with little Jay in tow. Thanks for coming to chat with us today, Tara. Thank you both so much for having us. So there's a lot of different topics that we could have actually discussed with you today. We're kind of zoning in on the road tripping with a baby. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing that we actually really love that you promote is starting like quote unquote small, like starting small with adventures. So you basically make everything an adventure, whether it's hiking around the block with your hiking carrier or gardening in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And we just think that's beautiful to, um, they're not really small adventures as we've discovered for them yeah (laughs) exactly so can you tell us a little more about that sure yeah so um I just I I love being outside so it just made sense to me to bring him along in everything we do we have a dog that needs to be walked every day so we're literally always out on a walk um and just I like most people will find me just hanging out in our backyard or in a park around the city um, on any given day. And so it just made sense that um, I would take Jay with me to hang out in the backyard and I love to garden. And so, yeah, he'd, we just often were just sitting in the backyard and he's exploring different things. And um, yeah, so I'm uh you're right. I, I definitely just, I love to take him along with me on any of my outdoor time. So whether they're small or, or big, where he's kind of hanging around. It's great bonding. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so great too. Cause it takes the pressure off everyone thinking adventures always have to be big. It is just getting out your front door. As we always say, so in your case, getting in the backyard and we're so happy to hear baby sounds on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Baby J on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> making his debut. So this past <laughs> summer, you took your little guy on a long road trip. How long did you go for it? And what did you do on your travels? Sure. So we went on a 16 day road trip. So it was a little bit over two weeks and we started from Edmonton. We started in Jasper, Alberta, and we camped there for a couple of days. Um, and then we did a long haul from Jasper to Penticton in one day. So that was kind of the, the largest chunk of the driving aspect. And then we um, we went a little bit south in BC and then camped around Christina Lake after Penticton and then stayed in Fernie for a couple of days before making our way home. So <laughs> yeah, and we, we did a little bit of a mix. Like I think for us road tripping, we kind of make a skeleton plan, um, but then we are just kind of, we, we like to wing it on most of our trips. So we had a skeleton plan of kind of where we wanted to be, but we really didn't book much in advance and we just kind of book as we go. Um, and so that we can adjust and flex. And that was even before we had our, our little baby with us. Um, and then it was really nice with Jay that we can, um, you know, we're like, okay, hey, there's a beach here. We really enjoy it. So we might, we stayed an extra day in Christina Lake than we had planned um, because it was really nice there. And then, yeah, so we make a skeleton plan and then we just kind of roll with it and plan and book and plan as we go. <laughs> which might not be everyone's style, but it's definitely our style. I love the spontaneous style. I think that's excellent. And especially having a baby too, and just being, you know, willing to kind of go with the flow. I think that's super important. So like, how long do you often stay? Um, like if you're on the road driving, like how long do you drive with him in the car? Like, do you have like a time limit or how does that work? Generally, like we, we generally drive in like two to three hour segments and then we always we try to time it as best we can for their naps generally we like if we're like that really long trip from Jasper to Penticton we tried to leave as early in the morning as we could because that's a seven and a half hour drive that was a long day so we try to leave as early in the morning as possible and he kind of continued his morning sleep uh, for a good chunk in the morning in the car and then we break after two three hours when he wakes up so again that's like part of what's changed since having baby J is, uh, um, is that originally when we would road trip, we would maybe plan a little bit more where, where, and when we were going to stop. And we would just keep driving for as long as we could go, but knowing that he needs to break and eat and stretch and get out of the car seat, um, experience something outside of the vehicle. We do our stops when he wakes up and we do the, the two to three hour kind of segments. Generally, that's how long he sleeps in the car approximately. That's so good to hear too. Cause I think I have heard that kind of around two hours is yeah. max that they're supposed to be in a car seat for yeah. a period of time. So that's smart. Two to three hours, he wakes up, then he stretches a little. Yeah. <laughs> you get after it again. And is he a great transfer baby? Because when you said you like that, he actually goes back to sleep because I've never had that luck with an early hike with Collins in the morning. If I wake her up early, she is up. <laughs> well, granted, I mean, Jay was only, he was just about to turn a year. So he was younger um, than um, that C is and that C was on her road trips. But um, he will be awake for a little bit, but 
he does sleep fairly well in the vehicle now. So he, um, just gonna reach his apple there. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so he, he's generally up, like, because we're up, we generally feed him. We still feed him breakfast when he wakes up. And so he's up for a little bit, but then when we get in the car, and maybe he's awake for a little bit longer and then he'll, he'll eventually settle and fall asleep. So he isn't like a direct transfer, wake up early, transfer the car seat and he's sleeping. He's up for a little bit and then he'll eventually fall asleep. Okay. Awesome. I have another question too, about sure. traveling in the car. Like sure. do you ride in the back with him? When he's sleeping, I don't, but when he is awake and we're, let's say we're still driving and we're a little bit away is from when we can stop next, then I do go in the back. And, and again, like on a really long day that we had on our road trip, he certainly, by the time we stopped and needed to get on the road again, after he woke up from a nap, he wasn't ready to nap again. So I did sit in the back seat with him and played with him, entertained him for a couple hours until he was ready for another nap. Awesome. Yes, that is key. <laughs> Turn the husband into the chauffeur. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how did tenting go with baby Jay? Do you have any tips of tenting with a baby? Well, I know you have lots of folks who have talked about tenting with babies. I'm just going to grab them here. Look, you're famous. Yeah, so I know you, you've heard lots about uh, tenting with babies. Um, and we were lucky that we did do a trial run when we camped in BAMP in, I think it was July. And so he was already kind of used to sleeping inside his little Kidco pee pod that we used. And we napped in that in the house for a long time before our tenting trip. And so he was used to sleeping in there. We co-sleep at home. So like, it's not unusual for him to be sleeping near us. It's not like this exciting new thing. So he, he sleeps pretty well. And we are, again, we're pretty chill, especially when we're on adventures in terms of bedtime and sleep. Um, so lots of times, maybe he wouldn't be ready to sleep until nine or nine 30, which is not his normal bedtime, but we just kind of roll with it. And, you know, we're, it's fun to sit around the, the fire and sit in our camp chair with him, even if it's way past his bedtime. And then he sleeps, he sleeps fairly well. And so, yeah, it was actually, it was, it, I think because we did all that prep and we've read a lot from uh, the advice from other folks that Kids Who Explore has, has had on the podcast and in the community. And so we felt really ready and yeah, he just, he did great. That's excellent. I can really relate with that a lot with the tenting <laughs> and just going out camping. Like I, maybe sometimes I'm too chill with that kind of stuff, but I'm like, well, it's fine. It's 11 o'clock and I'm baby wearing and he finally yeah. falls asleep and that's yeah. just the way it goes. <laughs> I know we were so terrified that when we got home that we we're like, oh my goodness, what is his schedule going to be? <laughs> like what we've, we broke him for two weeks, but, <laughs> but it was actually, he, he, he ended up actually transferring uh, back to our home time schedule fairly easily, which was a random huge relief for us. Like, I think that was yeah. just all luck. No, no skill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that. Go with the flow mentality. Yeah. Um, okay. What does biking look like with baby Jay? 
Yeah. Um, so we we have our we have a Thule Chariot Sport Two, and my spouse is um, much more into biking than hiking. So we knew that like we got our chariot early on <laughs> um, before, and so um, with babies, um, you can get a infant sling with the chariot, and you can start getting them comfortable just going for um, like strolls with them. And so he was already really used to um, being in the chariot and hanging out. And then what's really important for um, biking with a, a, a child, a, a baby, is you want to make sure that their head is large enough for a helmet to fit them because they do have to wear a helmet. Say no, honey. <laughs> and um, and then as well, they're just the age. So Thule does recommend that you wait until a year, but you can use your own judgment in terms of, like I said, a helmet fitting as well as very strong neck and head control for them to be sitting upright. And the chariot just, it, it comes with a bike attachment and then it just hooks onto the back of your bike and uh, you can bike. So we started off just doing, again, like hiking, we started off literally just doing nice, easy bike rides around our neighborhood. And then we graduated to some river valley trails here in Edmonton. And then for us on our road trip, that was something my, um, my spouse Dustin really, really wanted to do was bike parts of the Kettle Valley Trail. And so we did huge chunks of it. Like we did 40 to 50K, it was wild. That's a lot of kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I am not a strong cyclist, so. <laughs> Those are such great tips you gave because I know people will be wondering when can you put them in the chair. Yeah. That. So that was wonderful. And how how often did you hike then on a trip if Dustin sure. preferred to do the bike? And how did you choose hikes? How did you even choose the bike routes as well? Sure, sure. So in Jasper, we hiked the two full days that we were there. Um, we did kind of a hike a day. And then for the rest of the trip, we kind of, we followed like a, beach bike hike kind of pattern <laughs> so we did a beach day or like a beach afternoon and then we did a bike day where we did some really long bikes where we packed up like lunch and we did pretty much a full afternoon day of biking and then the following day we did a hike um and so I I looked at all trails to pick our hikes um, and I like to read the reviews and um, with hiking with my spouse who doesn't absolutely love hiking like I do, I compromise by picking some hikes that aren't rated super challenging, but that have some rewarding views. And so that's generally how I picked the hikes on our trip. And for the bikes uh, or the, the biking that we did, uh, my spouse looked up, like I said, he, he was aware of the Kettle Valley Trail and really he had done some sections as a kid when his family would go and stay in Kelowna. And so uh, he knew he wanted to do part of that. And there's a really great biking yeah. app called Trail Forks. And that's where you can look up biking in your area and biking information, bike trails, all sorts of different things. So, yeah. I hadn't heard of that app before. So that also is very helpful. Yeah. And there's also what's cool about Trail Forks too, is there are some bike trails that are certainly hiking friendly as well. And so um, if you're just looking for like, for example, in Edmonton, um, in our river valley, I like to hike a lot on the mountain biking trails. So I'll use trail forks to find 
um, some urban hikes in the Edmonton area that aren't even on all trails. Oh, wow. That's a great, I'm going to have to look up that. So I'm going to download that app. That yeah. Awesome. And I think there is a subscription that you can pay, but I do think you can, um, get the area that you live free. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So then in, in regards to uh, food talk, we know you're pretty good at that. <laughs> so just kind of wondering, like on the go snacks, like when you're on your trip, mm-hmm. were you preparing items before you left or what were some of your favorite go-to snacks? Sure. Um, so because we were camping for a lot of the trip, we had our giant cooler full of food and we prepped a few things for Jay in advance. Um, I had made some um, like baby iron muffins um, and we we know he likes to eat certain things like toast or bread, tortilla with hummus or and um, he likes tofu with a little bit of spices on it and obviously your um, your standard kind of fruit snacks. So he likes kiwi and bananas and and berries. When we were going through BC, that was super nice to have fresh berries. And so we were when we road trip, we always travel with our cooler, and we have things for Jay that um, we can just easily stop and feed him. He would he was also still nursing, so a lot of our our breaks were nursing breaks um, on the road. And then for us, we too, we we generally um, will plan what we're planning for meals, whether we're going to, okay, we're going to stop and we're going to make a wrap for um, Dustin and I or a sandwich. Um, and sometimes, don't get us wrong, sometimes we stop and we grab food in, in a city that we stop in. And we, sorry, I should also say we have a camp, like, because we're tenting, we also have a camp stove. So literally anywhere we stop, we can just stop and we can cook food. Like we can cook burgers and have burgers on the side of the road if we wanted to. So that for us are kind of like our important road trip items that take up a lot of space, but are definitely worth it for us for eating on the road. Well, I want this entire menu. burritos I know burritos I I will go camping with you (laughs) yes we are my spouse is a very um he he loves cooking and is a very talented cook and so camping food is like our we just love to make camp food for people that they've like lots of people that we go camping with will just you know go with your standard hot dogs burgers and we're like no 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 we're making pasta we're making ramen we're making like Yeah. yeah you guys don't mess around <laughs> yeah. that's so great okay so looking back on your trip what was the best part of it for you guys as a family and what was maybe the hardest part sure um the best part I do think was exploring areas that I had never been before um I had I've been to Kelowna and Penticton a few times and um but I had never been to the Christina Lake area before um and I had also never been to Fernie in the summertime before and uh and so for me it was just kind of exploring new areas and I'm not gonna lie I feel incredibly accomplished with the amount of biking that we did like I've never really cycled that long before and so that was super fun and then see baby Jay flourish in the outdoors and just hanging out making memories as a family even just when we were in the campsite just making food not doing anything and him just roaming around on the the campsite like the memories were definitely um my favorite part 
the most challenging part, I would say that long section of drive was really, we were really anxious about it. Um, it did end up going well, but there are certainly parts where he was done in the car seat and was really unhappy about it, uh, which is fine. He, he, we would not normally be in the car seat for that long and in the car for that long. Um, and so those moments were just really hard when we're like, we just have to get <laughs> to the next spot and, we, and we've stopped several times. We're doing our best and singing all the songs. And um, yeah, and so those parts were really hard. And then I would also add that um, the other challenging part is, uh, sorry, I'm blanking out on what I was going to say next. Oh, it's gone. That's okay. No. <laughs> we're gonna need a we're gonna need a copy of your uh, road trip baby playlist <laughs> for some song recommendations. Oh, it's all the songs. I'm sure Lauren Lauren knows all the songs. Like it's the the wheels on the bus, just us singing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" like on repeat over and over. <laughs> And once you find one that works, yeah, you keep going. Yes. <laughs> yes, and you just do it on repeat. Like we could spend 10 minutes singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> so would you do anything differently on your next road trip? Hmm. Well, knowing that Jay is a little bit, he'll be a little bit older on our next road trip. I think we, we'd have to definitely adjust. Like he won't be napping as much. So I think we would drastically have to adjust how we road trip and kind of our expectation on whether or not he'll nap um because he wouldn't be napping that much so we'd have to think through kind of in in car entertainment a little bit more and and yeah and just adjusting kind of the length of drive that we might be able to do in one kind of go that way I think would be but I don't know if we would do anything differently per se on the one that we that we just did I think yeah, for us, the way that we're, we're really happy with the way that it went and honestly, pleasantly shocked <laughs> that it went so well. We actually had um, on our first night uh, driving from Edmonton to Jasper, which is about a three and a half hour drive. We left after my spouse finished work and we thought, okay, maybe Jay is going to sleep and then we'll transfer him. Um, like it'll be bedtime and we'll transfer him. Well, we ended up I think stopping in Edson for um, a quick break, we stretched his legs, got some gas, fed him some solid food, changed his diaper. And then we were not like 10 minutes outside of Edson and he just had a full on meltdown. We had never heard him cry like that. It was very, yeah, Lauren, it was like my heart uh, was like, we were panicking. And so we just pulled over in between the highway and tried to calm him down. He just, we took him out of the car seat and he was immediately happy. <laughs> My spouse was just like, this is day one. Like, are we, are we just so silly for thinking that we can do this for 16 days? How are we going to do this? Eventually we got him to calm in the car seat. We had our dog in the back as well, so I couldn't sit in the back with him, but I just reached around and put my hand and he held my little hand until he fell asleep. Um, and so we were able to get to Jasper, but it was in that moment, both my spouse and I were just looking at each other and we're like, oh my goodness, what have we decided to do? Um, but thankfully we, we got through it and that was the hardest part of the drive. So that day one, that first night was the hardest part. And there were, like I mentioned, there were certainly moments where he was upset again and kind of done with it and 
you've done all you can take breaks, et cetera. And, but that first night was the hardest. And we thought that we were uh, like, what are we doing? It is. That's one of those moments where you just feel helpless as a parent. Yeah. Because you're like, I need you to be in the car seat to be safe. And yeah. it's going to be worth it to get there. Exactly. You just have to get through this tough moment. <laughs> yeah. And my, and my spouse is really like, he does not like to pull over on the side of a highway, like highway 16 or highway two on just on the side of the highway that, cause that's incredibly dangerous. And so he's like, we're both freaking out. Cause I'm like, pull over. <laughs> and, and he, He's saying I can't we have to wait for it to be safe <laughs> we're like, yeah. it's such a high pressure situation when that yeah. happens and they always kind of have those meltdowns at times and you're like no not now <laughs> yeah oh that's hard yeah. okay so you spent 2021 being a wonderful ambassador for kids who explore so thank you so much for that and you have been a role model with inclusion so I was wondering what you'd like other families to know about inclusion in the outdoors. Sure. Um, so for me, I'm uh, we're a white um, kind of middle class family. Um, we're kind of we we're a nuclear family with a we're a straight couple, and so we actually don't um, identify as you know a marginalized community. But for me, it's really important to break down barriers and as well as act in allyship and continually act in allyship. So for me, I, I continue to diversify my social media feed and learn from the lived experiences of BIPOC and other diverse community um, LGBTQS, LGBTQ community, um, and their experiences in the outdoors. And then I reflect on and think about how I can act in allyship and in support of those communities when we're, when we're exploring. So thinking about how I can create the trail to be a welcoming and safe place for other families to, to be, um, and encouraging other folks who are like myself, white and, you know, come from a privileged position, how we can use our privilege in a good way to break down some of these barriers and create safety and welcoming spaces for more families to, to get outside and experience nature with their little families. Amazing. Thank you. This is why you're on our inclusion committee and you'll be an explorer family for 2022. And we're super excited to work on that initiative with inclusion. I mean, it's relatively new area for us, but it's something that I'm extremely passionate about. And um, I'm just super grateful that, you know, we've got you connected on the team here in regards to that. Well, and the, the other families that are um, on the inclusion committee, like those families are heroes and they're you can't be what you can't see and so those families just being visible and and representing and talking through their unique experiences and what they bring in the outdoor space and also then doing that helping us understand how we can create a better space for them I think is yeah it, I just, I'm honored to um, be part of that committee and share that space with um, those incredible families who are living it and experiencing. Beautiful. I'm super excited for this coming up year here. Okay. Is there anything else that you would maybe like to add or where can people follow along with your adventures? I did want to just add a couple other tips for road tripping. Um, so 
I think a lot of us have talked about packing as much as we can the night before, definitely critical. Um, something that we did in the campsite was what well, we would be feeding baby Jay in his little seat and we would while being close enough to intervene if there was um any choking incident uh, we tried to pack up as much as we could during that time while he was contained um and then something that we this seems small but um thinking about the day before thinking about what you're going to make for breakfast who is doing what in the morning and thinking about what you're going to, and you, you, you ask kind of how we plan meals. So thinking about what we're going to do for lunch. And again, every single time, right before we stopped, we would ask each other, okay, like who's got what right now? Like who's grabbing baby J who's grabbing the food? What's our plan of action here? Um, and so we would always kind of talk about what each of our roles were going to be when we stopped so that we could um, be just as coordinated and kind of, um, it sounds so, so process focused, but it really helped us um, and really move things along quickly and just open communication about kind of who's got what right now and who's got eyes on, on the baby. <laughs> no, that's awesome because you talked about how there's some areas where you can be go with the flow, but in areas like this, then you don't have these unmet expectations. hundred percent. Who's doing what? hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. You've given so many takeaways for, I, I think you've made road tripping sound really fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm inspired. Oh, yeah. good. I'm glad. I know there are people, there are people in your, uh, in the community that do it full time with babies. And I know they'll have lots of great tips too, but for a casual road tripper like us for our vacations, I'm glad I could offer some yes. helpful tips many helpful tips. And can you remind everyone where they can follow along? Oh, yes. Yes, sure. So my Instagram handle is at T slick, which is T S L I W K. Um, that's my handle on Instagram. And uh, yeah. we'll link that up in the show notes and let's do our fire round to end it off. So in the last few months, what was your best purchase under a Okay, this seems so small, but it has honestly been making my life super helpful. So there's a product called eyelids. It's just this little um, lid that um, turns a standard mason jar mouth into either a sippy cup or a straw cup. Um, it is BPA free. And yeah, we just picked it up at our local coffee shop, but I'm, uh, but I'm sure it's around. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's really helpful. Cause we like, we like to do things in glass cups and, uh, so smoothies and milk and water. And so I really like it. It's called eyelids. That is so smart. Cause I have green smoothie all over my kitchen mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and it makes it really easy to clean. Right. Cause then you just have the straw and the cup as opposed to like taking apart, you know, we have our stainless steel think baby, but you're not putting right. a smoothie in this. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So smart. Thank you. Can you share a book, show, or podcast recommendation right now? Sure. Um, so I have not finished it yet, but I am loving Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Kimmerer. Um, so she is a Indigenous author, and it's about braiding Indigenous wisdoms with scientific knowledge and teachings of plants. It is, it is absolutely amazing. Um, you can also find it on 
audiobook as well. And you get, and she reads the book. Um, so you get to hear her words in her own voice and her stories. And I'm learning a lot about native plants here in Alberta um, and the prairies. Like it's, it's a prairies focused book um, and indigenous culture as well as scientific knowledge of plants. It's very good. Oh, such a great suggestion. Awesome. Thank you. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? I'm sure you hear this every time, but the whole world. <laughs> um, and but I do, but I do, but I do think maybe specifically. I know, honey. You want to be on the podcast? He wants to answer. Yeah. <laughs> has been amazing on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I, but I do think specifically, I've never traveled to South America, um, and on a complete polar opposite, um, some more Nordic countries I'd love to explore. Ah, oh, beautiful. Well, I hope you get to. Thank, thank you, you so much for being on today, Tara. Thank you, guys. And baby Jay, thank you. Say yeah. bye. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms.